Transitions are exhausting. So many things change, you end up feeling lost. You can find yourself questioning your relevance and even your worth. Whether you're gaining a new surname or going to a new situation, there are two things I want you to know. First, your roles in life will change, but your purpose is eternal. Second, God has a plan for your life and the enemy has a plot against that plan. I'm Sherry Fletcher, and this is Your Spiritual Game Plan, the podcast for those in a season of transition, and I'm so glad you're here. Stick around, and let's work on a spiritual game plan together. Today, I am so excited to be talking with Billy Jouse, and she's actually here in my house. We're going to be doing this together. Um, downstairs in my basement. I'm just excited that you guys get to join us. Billy has a passion for inspiring women in their spiritual growth and helping them find peace and fulfillment. She is the author of Making Room, Doing Less So God Can Do More. And today we are going to be talking about her latest book, Distraction Detox, Release Emotional Barriers, Restructure Priorities, and Realize God's best. Her podcast, Start Small, Believe Big, offers guidance to live life with meaning. Billy and her husband, Dave, a major league baseball coach, have been married for 30 years and have three sons, and they spend their off season in Southwest Florida. Through a process of detoxing from the emotional toxins, realigning priorities, and here is my favorite, creating a spiritual health plan. Distraction Detox will help you claim confidence and find fulfillment, not in adding one more thing, but in realizing God's best things. So I think you're just going to have so much fun joining Billy and I in the basement of my home in Tennessee. I am excited today, not only because I have a good friend on the podcast, but she's sitting right beside me. Yay! In my house, Miss <laughs> Billy Jowes. Thank, thank you for coming you. all the way for this interview. From you. you came all the way from Florida to sit right beside me and talk. I did, and to experience your extreme gift of hospitality. You are an amazing hostess, and I thank you for having me here. <laughs> I have loved having you. It has been a treat. So I, I know we did a personal um, bio before we started the show, but I would love it if you just tell us a little bit about you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> give us a little insight, something other than the professional bio. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I where am I going? So usually <laughs> when people are like, well, who are you kind of thing? I'm like, well, I'm a baseball wife and a baseball mom yep. because my husband's been in pro ball for, this is our 36th year, 36. I am not old enough to be in baseball 36 years, but I am. And we raised three boys while living in 15 different cities and towns throughout the U.S., Dominican Republic, Venezuela. I think they're all semi-sane. They do. They are children of ours, so we're <laughs> not completely sane ourselves, but we love Jesus and we lived our life in serving him. We feel like baseball is our mission field, and that's where we've been called to serve God, and that's what we're doing. And now, all three of our boys work in baseball. So, not where I thought they were going to be, but exactly where God has called them to be, and I love it. Absolutely love awesome. it. 
That's awesome. I love that. You know, that's God's plan. So it is great. I have a question that I ask everyone on the show, and that is looking back on your life. How far back can you go and see the very purpose in who you are today and who you have always been? Yeah. Isn't it funny how we can look back on our lives and see the things that changed us in different ways, but was it really God's intention for us to change in that way. So I look back on me as a little girl with, I was full of life and energy and excitement. And I was told little girls are seen and not heard. And that meant I was supposed to sit in a chair with my leg crossed, my my feet crossed over one another, just a little behind the seat of the chair, sitting up straight with my hands on my knees, one hand over another. And that's the way I was supposed to sit and be proper. And my personality, I think, you know, Miss Sherry, that my personality does not hold that (laughs) very well. No, I like to get up and go and do and be. And and so over time, I tried to acquiesce to what people were trying to put me in a box and not to be obnoxious or loud or, you know, anything like that, but to allow God to use me in the way he does. You know, when I was little, I got kicked out of classes for talking too much. Now I'm a professional speaker. I have a podcast. Yeah. You know, it's like that's who God's called me to be. So all the craziness of maybe undisciplined energy I had as a child, I now sort of have a little bit of a rain on it. Not always, but <laughs> I can get going on things. But I really do love how I've stepped into where God's called me and who he's called me to be as I've gotten to know the Lord more and understand who he is then I can begin to understand who I am through him. Mm, I love that. I love being able to listen to other people's stories Mm -hmm. like that, you know, getting kicked out of class for speaking too much. (laughs) And now you're a speaker. I love that. And and we are talking today about your book, um, Distraction Detox. And I have to admit, like if I were to just look at the title, I would immediately think media and all of the material distractions that are going on. But this is actually more important than that because um, this is about the distractions in our head. Yeah. Oh my word. And with all the external distractions coming at us right now, um, we aren't really thinking about, I wouldn't have been thinking about my own distractions in my head. And so um, I would be more thinking about Okay, when I read the title, I'm thinking about, okay, I've got to go and clean out my closet or whatever, <laughs> but um, I got to clean out the, my gut and, yeah. the, and the, what's going on in my head. And so give us a little bit about the title and what, what that is all about. Yeah, well, there was a time in my life where my life was so extremely busy because I don't think it's just now, Sherry. No. There are many times in our lives where things are coming at us left and right. And so I really did get rid of some schedule stuffers. Yeah. And I got rid of what my husband called the right hand syndrome. Because if somebody goes, oh, I need someone to do this, my right hand would go up and I go, I'll do that. I'll do that. I was a big volunteer on a lot of things. No, those aren't bad things. Right. But I wasn't allowing God to guide me in those things. So I got rid of all that. And then I found myself in one of the most defeated discouraging, doubtful times of my life. And I couldn't figure out what it was. 
And so me being a processor of all things, I need to figure out what the, what's going on. I started looking at what my thoughts were and, and I began a list. I'm a list maker mm-hmm. and I carried around a little notebook and I continued to write down the things I was thinking, like, why, you know, why is it that I'm so discouraged? Is it stuff going on around me? Is it people around me? So when the list started, it wasn't just about my thoughts. It was really what's discouraging me. What am I finding doubt in? You know, what am I allowing into my spirit that's putting me in this mental place, right? And all of a sudden I was writing down my thoughts. Mm. And as I wrote them down, I didn't really assess them or evaluate them at the time. I wrote them down. And when I sat down one night to look at that list, I was appalled Mm. at the way I spoke to myself. Mm -hmm. And that's when I realized I am my biggest bully. I would never say those things to you as my friend, to my husband as my life partner, to my children who I'd love to encourage and adore, to the meanest person I know, I would not say the things I was saying to myself. And that's where I was like, oh my gosh, this is not what God has for me. This is not where God wants me. God did not create me for me to tell myself I'm an idiot or I'm stupid or I'm not smart enough or I'm, I'm, you know, whatever. I'm not loved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was the fearful thoughts that I was having of what ifs and worry and anxiousness that were all within my own head. And that's when I began this process for myself because I don't sit down and write a book because I think other people need it. I sit down and write a book when I know that God's done something in my life that I pray can transform others. Because as I went through this process for myself, the overwhelming peace I felt was beyond understanding. Like I got that verse. I'm like, yes, Lord, this is what you meant by that. Because I took those thoughts captive. I sat down with them for a little while and felt them, you know, and then learned how to, to process them and move forward. Yeah. Well, you, um, as writers, you know, we talk and we speak about things that we've gone through in areas that we need to study. And I, I remember, you know, the infant stage of this book, the very, very, very infant stage of this book. Um, when you started even talking about this and you call them spiritual jet lag and, and, even the name of your podcast is small, start small, small, believe it. Yes. Um, And I would love it if you maybe would walk us through some of those small steps that you are continuing to take, because this isn't something that you can just detox and you're cleansed. No, no. And so, you know, this is something that you will continue to take small steps. Yeah. I think the one thing that I realize is we can never control the chaos around us. Mm -hmm. But the number one thing that's the hardest to control is our own minds. So with God's help, we need to take that small step every day. We have an enemy that's going to come at us every day, every day, every moment. And we have to learn habits. We, you know, we, I pray the Lord would take out the enemy, but we know that that's not going to happen. The side of heaven, the enemy roams the earth and he's going to try to take us out, especially when we're trying to do good things for the Lord. When the Lord's called us into something, the enemy's going to attack us at our weakest points. You know, I talk a lot about in my talks and and things that the Lord takes me in my weakest points, which is usually my kids. Mm -hmm. You're a bad mom. You know, one of the thoughts, and we'll get back to the small, because 
it is a habit we have to continue to step into every day, every moment, every thought. And once you get into the habit, you can take that thought captive. Right. And what I teach in the book is deception versus truth. Take that lie and replace yeah. it with God's truth. So the next time that lie pops up in your head, yep. boom, yep. you've got it. I'm taking it. I'm stopping it. I know where it comes from. Yep. The pits of the enemy. Yep. And I'm going to replace it with God's word and step out in it. One of the ones that gets me more than not is I'm a bad mom. Yeah. I'm a bad mom. Clear example, when this was coming up during, before I even started writing the book and I knew I was in this spiritual jet lag state, I'm a bad mom. Why am I a bad mom? And I started thinking about why am I bad? Why do I think I'm a bad mom? My kids, okay, or of course, when they're teenagers, <laughs> yeah. at times are like, you're a horrible mom. Mrs. So-and-so doesn't make their yeah. kid do it. And I'm like, well, I'm not Mrs. So-and-so. And if I was that kid's mom, he'd be doing it too. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was not, I was a strict mom at times. So yeah, my kids told me I wasn't a great mom. They love me now. They call me almost every day, three boys. That's a feat That's in good. itself. Yeah. But when I started evaluating that thought, I'm a bad mom. The one thing that kept popping back up to me was this one time when my 13 year old son came home with this story that happened on a bus going to an event with school. And he went to an all boys school and they just so happened to have the all girls school joined in. And there were some things that happened on the bus that he wanted to talk to me about. And in fear, I reacted. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I reacted to what he was saying and I started screaming at him mm -hmm. and warning him of yeah. all the temptation that all the ways this could lead him down the wrong path. And, and the funny, and I hate to say funny because it wasn't funny. It's still right. not funny. The odd thing of it was it wasn't his behavior. It was someone else's behavior. He just wanted my guidance in it. But out of my fear that my son was going to walk away from the Lord and there was nothing indicating that. I started screaming at him and I screamed him into a corner until I saw tears in his eyes mm. and I fell to my knees and begged for forgiveness and mm -hmm. he forgave me. We prayed together. We moved on from it. But every time something comes up and the enemy wants to get me about yep. my kids, he's going to bring that right back to you. I'm a bad mom. And that's the first thought I was having subconsciously at times. Wasn't like, oh yeah, I remember with that having, that's why I'm a bad mom. Mm -hmm. But in that time of evaluating that spiritual jet lag and those, those mm -hmm. toxic thoughts, those emotional yeah. toxins that were keeping me stuck. Yep. That was where I went. Yeah. So I asked the Lord for forgiveness again. I stepped out with the truth that the Lord has given us in the Bible about being parents, of guiding mm -hmm. our children, of leading them down. And I've done those things. Have I done it perfectly? No, <laughs> but we're humans. We're not going to do things perfectly. I've forgiven myself, which yeah. is a huge thing. Yeah. We can ask God for forgiveness, but we need to forgive ourselves. Yeah. Whatever that hurt and pain is. Yeah. And then in taking those toxins, deceptions, and replacing it with them. truth. I knew that was based in fear. So it, I really, in my mind, think I'm a bad mom, but it was based in my fear that my child was going to walk away from the Lord. Right. There was a fear in me that I was terrified. So I have to replace that thought with a thought of God has got, not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And so that's the scripture that I go to when I, and people are like, well, that's not based on parenting. No, but my response to him was not based on parenting. My fear of being a bad parent is not based on parenting. It's my fear of yeah. what could happen. Right. And if instead of responding to fear, 
I respond with God's power, with love, and with self-control, which is also creating boundaries, then I can step out in that truth with courageous confidence that I'm doing what God's calling me to do. Right. That's awesome. That's a good spiritual game plan. That's it. Yes. So at the end of each chapter, you're going to take the reader through steps to detox. And with a detox challenge, you have an acronym for detox. And I love it. So give us that acronym. Yes. Yes. When we take detox and we line it up on the left hand (laughs) side and we use the D-E-T-O-X, then we can determine the toxins, determine those emotional barriers. We take that next step. And it's not this quick of steps in the book. There are 15 chapters in the, in the book. Each of the chapters takes us through a detox challenge, taking us through the D, determine the toxins. And we go through that in a few chapters. Then we move into evaluating the emotional barriers. That's when we get into digging up. What's the root of this? Just like with my parenting, yeah, it fear. wasn't the root of being a bad parent. It was the root of my fear in failing at that. The fear is what took me. And so evaluating that, where did that come from? My own fear that I was going to mess up my kids. Well, I probably did, but we, we <laughs> saved a little bit of money yeah. for any counseling that yeah. they need. And now one of my sons is a counselor. So we're like, you get it for free. Go to Charlie. Yes. Poor Charlie, he'll pay for counseling. But anyway, it's um, we moved through that E of evaluating. And talking about my Charlie, who is a counselor, I'm not a counselor. So when I was talking about evaluating these toxins, I went to Charlie, who has a master's in psychology. And I said, does this make sense? And he goes, well, this, this is where, and he guided and led me in being able to make sure that I was properly taking people through. This is also the place that if people need deeper counseling, go seek spiritual counseling, go seek a counselor that can help you work through these deeper seated issues that we can't do on our own. We yes. need help with that. Absolutely. And then we move into that T, terminating the toxins. That's when we take the deception and replace it with truth. And we walk mm-hmm. through that for a few chapters to really give us that boldness to stand in God's word. And then we move into an O, which is outlining a plan. And I, you call it a spiritual game plan. I talk about a spiritual health plan. We got to stay healthy. That goes back to my nursing days. <laughs> my <laughs> nursing days of health. Yeah. But it's taking that spiritual jet lag yeah. where we're foggy and, and tired and run down and making it a more healthy outcome of taking God's truth and replacing mm. it and moving into, into that with confidence and boldness where we are seeking the Lord in a way that's healthy and allowing us to grow. And then we um, move from the outlining the plan into actually, actually executing executing i love, I love that plan. terminology yep executing uh, this is where i'm a challenger so that detox challenge mm-hmm. gets into mm-hmm. we got to play the play here we got to go. put it into play yep. and that's really i often talk about people sitting on a couch call it potato chip christian where we sit on the couch and eat a chip at a time praying and reading our bible lord <laughs> work in and through me yeah but until we get up and move yeah god cannot use us in the way that he has uniquely made us mm-hmm. and created us to be to move out in that plan. Now, one of the things someone asked me one time is what do I do with the chips? I'm like, bring the chips with you. No chip left behind. We're bringing the chips. I think you know me. Eat others with them. That's it. But we're taking those small steps of faith. So I'm not saying go out and win the world. Right. I'm saying go out and smile at someone. 
and feed them and feed them a chip feed them a chip there you go exactly (laughs) go out to that one person absolutely that one person being you first because until we're healthy we can't help others be more spiritually healthy we have to take it into ourselves first and then stepping out into the one Mm. the one place that god calls us the you know in that one step one action one decision at a time I like that a lot. Yeah. So you you shared briefly that you are the wife of a baseball coach. Ooh, yeah. Yep. And I love talking sport metaphors. Oh, um, Lord. Yep. When it comes to having a spiritual game plan. And so last spring, I led a group of ladies through a Bible study that I'm um, working on. And one of the plans that we talked about was being able to know and trust the voice of our coach. Yeah. Um, being able to hear the voice, the coach's voice above all the distractions that's taking place during a game um, is very, takes intentional practice, yes. regular communication. And you have a chapter in your book that talks about that. Um, and we know if we watch a player who lets the emotions get in their head, yeah. um, those emotions can not only cost them a problem, but it can cost the team. And in that chapter, you share a story about uh, purchasing your home where you had a similar emotional distraction, but you talk about how God spoke to you during that time. And it's very clear that God spoke to you about your home that you purchased. And I love that story. I just share a little bit about that. Um, The yellow house on the hill. Yes, It was, we were debating, we were living in Boston and we were debating on renovating our house or finding a house that was already renovated and be in that same price range. And, and the Lord, it was a neighborhood near where our kids were going to school because we were driving about 25 minutes in Boston. That's probably two miles, but (laughs) we were driving about 25 minutes each way to take the kids to school. Um, And so I looked at the neighborhood around the school and I looked at a bunch of houses and I'm like, yeah, it's just not it. We're going to stay in this house. Our house in Boston had a huge backyard. Our kids played ball in it. They sledded in it. And for Boston, I'm saying huge. We live on three acres now in Southwest Florida. So it wasn't that huge, but it was big for Florida. And I was like, I don't think I want to leave that. But we need to expand the house because my middle son's shoes don't fit in his closet anymore. He was in a size 13 at 12 years old. So we needed some space. And so there was a house in that neighborhood for mega money, mega money. And out of my sheer nosiness, just being nosy, I wanted to know why that house was worth that much money, right? The value of it. If it's on the market for that much, it must be an amazing home. And so out of my nosiness, I was going to go by there and look at it. And I drove up to the house, got out of the car. It was raining, misty rain. And I go to walk up and it's not open yet. And I'm like, well, I guess that's it. I need to get home. At that point, we had a foster child and she was at home with the boys. My oldest son was 14 and he was my babysitter. And I was only gone a few hours and I trusted my son's. So I got in the car and I was leaving and my husband called and he was in Toronto at the time. I don't know why I remember these silly details, but it was a one o'clock game in Toronto. And so it would have been two o'clock here, I guess. And um, on the East coast and he called and he goes, where are you going? I go, well, I'm going home. You know, the baby was sleeping when I left. I don't know if she's up from her nap and he goes, she's not just talked to D. He told me that you were out looking at houses. I forgot. And, um, you know, they're home. She's still sleeping. Just go see that house. Cause I told him there was a yeah. big house, you know, and in the conversation, he was, just take time to go see it. Just enjoy yourself. I know you enjoy looking at houses. And I said, okay. So I walk in the front door and the little lady that's there, she's like, Hey, you're looking for a big house. 
well, not really. I'm just, I, I was very honest with her about, no, ma'am, this is way above our price range. This cannot happen. I'm only being nosy. So if that's disrespectful, please let me know. I'll leave. And she's like, no, 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 come on in. Long story short, she followed me through the house asking questions. Oh, you know, three boys that go to the school two blocks away. This house is perfect for you. And I'm like, well, it's out of our price range. If I said it once, I said it a hundred times. And then she said, no girls. And I said, well, actually, right now we have a baby girl, a foster baby. And she's like, you do. This is a sign from God. <laughs> My confusion in that moment was, okay, well, it's got to be a big sign from God. And it's got to be a big dollar sign reduction from yeah. God if this is going to be a house for us. And so it wasn't like I got my hopes up or anything and walking through the house. And then she, as we're walking out, she followed me around the whole house the whole time saying hello to other people, but she stuck with me. And this house was amazing. It was huge. It was old. 1881, it was built in. And we walked to the door and she said, make me an offer. And I said, well, you know, I'm thinking to myself, make you an offer. Are you crazy? I can't make you an offer that's respectful. And I just said, you know what? By this time, I knew her by name. I yeah. knew everything about her. And she had grown up in this house. She and her two, her two sisters had grown up in the house. Her wedding pictures were taken on the staircase. Wow. I mean, the family story. And and um, she said, make me an offer. And I said, if I make you an offer, it, it would not be respectful of what you're asking. I cannot do it. And she goes, I feel like the Lord is loving me to say make me an offer that this house is yours and I called my realtor and I said Ward I know you're gonna think I'm crazy which Ward and I were friends and he's like well I already think you're crazy Billy so tell me what you got and the Lord really opened up this availability of this house that we brought foster babies home to we hosted People coming over to work missions in Boston, in the city of Boston, we hosted parties in that house that we wouldn't have been able to otherwise. The Lord opened up an opportunity we, where we had uh, Alpha. We, did, we taught Alpha courses to teenagers in the city, some of them being the exact source of my angry outburst to my <laughs> <Yeah>. son earlier. <laughs> um, you know, this was a house that the Lord gave us to serve him in a big way but the lady that led us through the house did take the offer which I was just shocked and incredibly honored that she was doing it out of the service to the Lord that she knew we would use this house mm -hmm. to glorify him and not for anything else that's amazing. It was an amazing, and there's so much more to that story. Yeah. I'm trying not no, to, no, no, I'm I trying know. To, to narrow it no, down. Well, of course the reader needs to get the book so they can read, <laughs> read, read the story because, you know, you go back in your car and you wrestle yeah. and stuff, but. Oh, I um, wrestled. It was a wrestle. It wasn't just make me an offer and you go make an offer. No, no. Yeah. It was there's a, a wrestle. lot of, a lot of enemy coming to attack. Right. A lot of yeah, there's just so much to that story. So I'm trying to cut time. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, yeah, we just kind of went through the, we kind of answered that next question, but um, through that, but, you know, the point being is, um, you know, even with that sports metaphor is there's so, so when you're in that middle of that game, there's so much loud yes. noise yep. 
so much noise. You've got to be able to recognize your coach's voice. Yeah. And know it. Yeah, exactly. And in prayer, I think as we get to know God more in his word and we free our spirit from those emotional toxins that are so busy in our head that we can actually begin to hear God. And in hearing him, and you know, am I audibly sitting around here and the Lord blasts out of your speakers and that? No, but in that, sometimes maybe I hope so. Yeah, he doesn't. He laughs at me a lot like that, (laughs) but he doesn't quite speak to me in his loud booming voice that I wish he would. Like, go this way, walk this way, do this. It's more of that spiritual inclination, that gut feeling that God. But I know it's true because I can put it against scripture. Right. And know that what I'm hearing, what I'm feeling, right. what I'm experiencing right. is God's voice because right. I know what his voice sounds like because I read his, read his word. Yep. And I know what it is. And in prayer, that's when yes. I open up that time. And when we listen to him, when we know his voice, there's a funny story in the book about my dad used to call the sheep and the sheep would come to my dad or the cows. I mean, there was yeah. every animal on our farm. They'd hear my dad's voice, the shepherd's voice. Yes. And they'd come to him. Yeah. And I remember when I had a 4-H sheep and her name was Daisy. And I would call Daisy. She would come. She wouldn't come to my dad. And it would make my dad so mad because he was the owner of this farm. You're not the, you're not the one that feeds her. But I was. And But in hearing that voice, like you're saying, a coach's voice, you trust that they're making the best decision mm-hmm. that they can make in your in your best interest for you and as a team of believers and when you're listening to god and you can trust his voice in your life you're able to step out and go where he's calling you to go yeah so i love your metaphor about a coach i live with a coach so he expects me to listen to him like his players do and that doesn't always happen in the marriage in the marriage team but no coach and husband are separate (laughs) even though he is one of the same but yeah you know that's i love that metaphor in your bible study i just think it's such a great way when we play on a team, when we're part of a team, mm-hmm. we listen to that leader's voice. And that mm-hmm. is so much as when we're playing on God's team, to listen to his voice yeah. is such an important part yeah. of being able to trust him and also to go where he's calling us. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that story of that house. It was awesome. Yeah. The house story is an awesome story. Yes. And it's way more detailed in the book. It is so a lot more detailed. It's it a lot more detailed in the book. Yes. Absolutely. It's great. So um um, you and I are on the same page when it comes to purpose and calling. It's our purpose to glorify God. All yes. of it. Your purpose is to glorify Everybody. God. My purpose is to glorify God. Our calling is different. Yes. So my calling is going to be different, but my calling will glorify God. Your yes. calling will glorify God. But that's no wonder Satan wants to attack us so that we can't glorify God. Amen. So he's going to attack our calling. And I can only glorify God when I am living out the calling God has placed in me through my talents, through my gifts, which are unique to me, which are unique to you. Yes. And you give the reader three statements that can direct our calling and service to the Lord and our communities and those statements that we need uh, to make every day because that enemy is going to distract us Mm -hmm. all the time. So as we close our time together, I would love it if you would um, unpack those three statements. Yeah. Um, So in this, we're releasing the emotional toxins that keep us in that spiritual jet and learning of God's truth. One of the things that we can learn is that we had to humble ourselves 
to say to the Lord, the first statement, I can't. Because there is nothing meaningful with meaning or purpose that we can do in life that has any meaning or purpose if God's not at the center of it. If we don't have Jesus at the center of it, we can't do anything. So we have to humble ourselves in saying, God, I can't. And in that next step, we have to glorify God in saying, you can, because God can do abundantly more, mm-hmm. excessively more, immeasurably more than we could ever imagine or desire. So when we humble ourselves and say, I can't, and we glorify God by saying, you can, then and only then can we step out in faith by saying, God, I'm here. Mm. So it's in that point of, I can't, you can, I'm here. It's humbling ourselves, relying on God and submitting to where it is he's calling us. Because I agree with you, our purpose is to glorify God and all we say, all we do and all we are. Our calling is different and our calling can be different moment to moment sometimes. Mm -hmm. He can call us to go and speak into one person's life and then he can call us to go and sit and speak into our own lives. Yes. You know, that calling is so fluid because God wants you to be where he has you, mm-hmm. when he has you there to do what he's calling you to do. Yeah. So in that saying, God, I can't, I can't do anything without you. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. do all things and I'm, I'm here, here for you to use me where I am when you have me there with whatever it is that you want me to do Mm -hmm. and i'll bring my potato chips and i'll bring my potato chips and i'll give you some too oh i love that thank you so much for joining me i've loved having you here sherry i have had a blast being in your home being with you you are always a joy to be around so thank you so much for having having me awesome and where can the listener find you in your book yeah the best place to go is my website and it's billyjouse.com b-i-l-l-i-e-j-a-u-s-s.com and the name of your book distraction detox awesome thank you thank you i hope you enjoyed my time with billy so many great takeaways today The one that really stuck with me is fear and how much I react to the fear that I tell myself, things that could happen that usually don't. So I hope that you're able to take some great tips on how to detox the emotional saboteur in your life. Ways to connect with Billy are in the show notes. Imagine shifting your focus off of the hard work of trying to prove yourself to the joyful life of knowing your worth. When you join my email list, you will get the free download, One Simple Way to Know You Matter Today. You'll also get weekly emails, updates on projects, and other specials that I will be offering. So head on over to sherryfletcher.com, click Join Sherry at the top of the screen, and I look forward to connecting with you there.